Hello, everyone, and welcome to Madness to Magic and my podcast, I'm with Crazy, a Love Story. I'm your host, Paulina Milana. I'm the author of several books, all of which tell stories that I hope help to inspire, enlighten, heal, maybe give you permission to have a good cry, and maybe even a good laugh about all things crazy. For those who don't know my personal story, I grew up surrounded by madness, raised by a mom who was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, and then becoming primary caregiver, not only to her, but to my little sister, also diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Keeping it secret and being ashamed of the insanity that had taken root in my family tree is what nearly did me in. Spoiler alert, it didn't. I journeyed on, and what an incredible ride it's been. So for anyone listening who is struggling with their own mental health or that of a loved one, this podcast is for you. Know that you aren't alone. Your life isn't just about the cray-cray and your story isn't finished. I'm With Crazy, A Love Story is where we can come together to share our stories and to realize that there's magic to be found in whatever madness we may be experiencing. I know it to be true, and I hope so will you. So let's get to today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited because today we have Jenny Nash. And Jenny Nash is first and foremost joining us to discuss her new book, Blueprint for a Book, Build Your Novel from the Inside Out. It comes out September 1. Uh, Jenny, welcome. Welcome. And thank you you for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh my God, my pleasure. Um, And for those of you who are kind of wondering, why why are we talking about a book um, here on this podcast about mental health and why Jenny Nash? I just want to touch on those. Jenny Nash is the founder and CEO of a company called Author Accelerator. Author Accelerator is on a mission to raise the bar on book coaching. Jenny has worked with a number of writers and guess what? She worked with me and she has been a mentor through all of my book projects. Um, I, I love her to death. She is awesome. And the reason I really wanted her on this podcast is because no, neither of us is crazy, although that's debatable, <laughs> but because Jenny actually has kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of writing, in terms of writing therapy, in terms of how it's it's a self-care kind of um, thing. It's a writing therapy kind of thing. And that it's so important to focus on your book project from the inside out. That's exactly what is needed when we're talking about mental health. So Jenny, thank you. Thank you so much again. Um, and my, I have a bunch of questions. Hopefully we'll get to all of them. Um, if not, we'll just have to have her come back. Uh, but first question, author accelerator, your business. You, you and I, I didn't even list this, but you have a number of books, 10 in three different genres on your own. And then you shifted into becoming a book coach and you have knocked it out of the park with so many of your clients, um, landing agents, New York agents, um, six figure deals, big five houses in publishing deals. 
you've done so much and I am kind of wondering if you would give us just a, 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 a look into why you even made that shift, why you started this. Yeah, I think it's a, a really interesting question. So I'm 57 years old and I've been in publishing for more than 30 years. I started my career right out of college, I actually worked at Random House. So I've, I've been in publishing this entire long sweep of time, which, which gives me, has given me a lot of opportunities to do different things and to be on different sides of the, of the business and to, to sort of find my place. And I mentioned my age because I started my business when I was 50. And really what happened was I learned that I'm a better book coach than I am a writer. I think I'm better at helping and inspiring other people. That's my superpower than I am doing it my own self. And so I moved closer to what my talents are. And, and I learned really late that I could be an entrepreneur and I could run a whole business and I could do this whole new thing that I never imagined I could do. So it's, it was, it's all been a move just closer to the core of, of who I am. Wow. Okay. And, um, I, I believe you when you say that you think you're better at this other thing, <laughs> but, uh, that would be debatable as well, because, um, especially that first book, that's how I came to know you. The, um, the Victoria's secret catalog keeps coming or something like that when yeah, you yeah, had so breast my, cancer. Yeah. My memoir of breast cancer. Well, so here's the thing. I think what we're, what we're good at when I say that is kind of shorthand also for what brings me joy. And I love working with writers and coaching writers and teaching book coaches because I really, I'm at my best when I'm, when I'm one-on-one -on -one with people, when I'm, I mean, I, sometimes we are just in the, I don't know where we are in the pandemic when we're talking, are we out of it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but it depends on the day. <laughs> depends on the day. But, um, I actually loved being in lockdown for a year. <laughs> I'm a very rare person. My daughter is another among them. I, I really don't miss groups of people. I don't miss crowds of people. I don't, I just really like being with people one-on-one -on -one and especially in creative work and um, finding people's story. You know, really what I do is I help people raise their voice and find their voice and claim their voice and speak their truth. And that I need another person in order to do it. So I, I, I'm a good writer. I will, I will say that I'm a good writer, but writing feels smaller to me somehow because the, the impact that you make on others, you often don't see or feel. I mean, you, you get feedback, obviously, I'm sure you've had this where you get, especially with your books, you get letters, you get notes. And that's like, you know, sustenance. It's like the food that you live on. It's so, it's so awesome. But I really love the synergy of just like the mind meld of being in it with somebody else. Wow. That's awesome. And, and lucky them, lucky those who are in it with you. So <laughs> I consider myself one. So, okay. So what's interesting is right up front, and, and I'll say this too, to anybody listening, 
Jenny's somebody who is not going to um, snow you. She's not going to sugarcoat something. I mean, and, and not that you're ever rude or anything, but you are point blank. Like, now, is that what I taught you? I'll never forget when you said that to me about a query letter. And I was like, no, ma'am, <laughs> you didn't. So, um, so right up front in your book, you tell readers who are all fired up to just start writing their books, you actually tell them that this book is trying to convince them to stop. Now, that seems counterintuitive, but can you talk a little bit about what you mean by that and why you believe it's a must? Yeah, so I see in the work that I do every day, the mistakes that people make in 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 writing and and there's so many and they're the mistakes are painful and dangerous i mean we're talking about years of people's lives writing in the wrong direction or um being afraid to send something out in the world whatever whatever the thing that's holding a person back from writing which again is raising their voice and i i see them damaging their their own selves just over and over and over again and in the work that I do I see those patterns of how they do it so it's I recognize people are doing the same thing and I the blueprint uh, for a book method is a method that I designed to solve for the biggest problems people make so it's really a way of saving themselves from themselves. Mm -hmm. And it, it is counterintuitive because this is what's so weird about writing. We're storytellers, people. That's what we do. That's what humans are. We're good at it. We're born to it. We, you know, we tell stories all day long to people, whether it's like, how was your day today? Or what happened to your dog? Or, you know, whatever the thing is, we, we tell stories. And so on the one hand, we come very naturally to storytelling. And on the other hand, writing a novel is not a intuitive or straightforward thing for the vast majority of people. But we, because of that sort of storytelling um, nature of humans, I think a lot of us think that we can do it. Like, well, I could do that. Like that, how hard is that? That we, we fool ourselves into thinking that we could, that it's easier that, you know, we don't have to be trained or we don't have to learn. And there are, there are some genius folks out there who can do that. And there are, there are people who can crank books out fast and there are those people for sure. But most of us, we don't know what we're doing. And, but, but we convince ourselves that we know what, our, what we're doing. And so, so my book is, is designed, it's 14 steps and it's designed to get people to answer these questions before they write, which, which in, um, in a perfect world might take somebody a week, two weeks, maybe three weeks um, to answer these questions and really get clear on them. And that is going to save them so much of that pain and suffering and frustration and overwhelm that comes down the road. And so the, my plea for people to stop is, you know, stop for a hot second and think about what you're doing and why you're doing it and your intention and um, the structure and the format. So it's not craft-based. There's some of the questions are craft-based, but um, there are plenty of places to learn craft-based things. This is more 
structural and, and stopping and really getting clear on those things, I think will just make people much more efficient as, as writers. Yeah, absolutely. And allow them to actually, like you said, raise their voices, get their story out there. Right. Which is the ultimate. That's what they want. I, I want to touch on something you had said, um, you know, as humans, we tell stories, right? And when it comes to writing books or whatever, we just kind of feel like, uh, how hard can this be, right? I can do this. I'm going to bring that into the mental health arena here, because how often do we tell ourselves stories of who we are, what we can do, what we can't do, right? And a lot of writers, there's a lot of that self-doubt, right? This makes it easier for which, what's the path to take, how easy to get there. I also um, am, am fascinated with when you're talking about the biggest problems that people have. It seems, I don't know about you, um, but social media, all of the kind of um, advertisements that are out there are you know, write a bestseller in a weekend, make a million dollars in a month by writing your book, right? That all plays into this too. And I'm, I'm wondering if you might speak a bit about reality and what your, <laughs> what your, what your program offers. So one of the, I mean, those things make me crazy, first of all. Um, <laughs> make me crazy too. And you know, what's interesting I haven't written about this or said this anywhere. So this is, this is an exclusive. Ooh. <laughs> um, so I have this book coming out. It's coming out. We're talking on, uh, it's coming out in like two weeks and I'm self-publishing this book and I have a community that, that it will resonate with and you know, all that. But the thing that most people pay attention to when they have a book coming out is getting an Amazon number one bestseller uh, release. Yeah. Number one bestseller, they get a little orange flag. And, um, and I, I know this to be true that I don't have to do anything. And, and this book will be that almost any book gets that it is not a, it is not a metric of success. And there are, there are places that will charge a lot of money to, we'll teach you how to be an Amazon bestseller. It's like, all you have to do is put a book up and pick a little narrow category and you're going to be a bestseller in that. It, it's not, uh, it's preying on people's, um, I don't know, ego or something. And so the, the exclusive bit that I'm, that I'm telling you is I, I don't care about that. I don't, I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm not going to have a social media post that says, oh my gosh, I'm a bestseller. Like I'm, I'm kind of, um, doing, doing a lot of things that are counterintuitive with my own book. Um, you know, you see these unboxing videos on social media all the time in, and they're on the one hand, they're beautiful. Like somebody whose dream has been to be a writer their whole life and here's their book and they're holding it in their hands and they often will, you know, hold it to their heart and cry. And like, it's a beautiful moment, but so you said to talk about reality, what, what writers really want is they don't want the Amazon flag and they don't want the unboxing. Those, those are like the sprinkles on the frosting on the cake. And, and social media amplifies the sprinkles on the frosting on the cake. And the cake is 
you want to impact people. You want your, your story to hit them in a particular way and resonate with them and mean something to them. You want to, raising your voice is about being heard. You want to be heard. And in order to do that, you have to have something to say and you have to, you know, and I'm not talking about like you wrote a fabulous book about Christmas and it doesn't have to be some profoundly, you know, your message doesn't have to be, you know, life and death. It can be a fun message or an uplifting message or an entertaining message or whatever that is, but knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it as a writer is um, so, so central and not paying attention to these things that we all get caught up in these, these social media type moments or things that are not actually what brings the satisfaction. So the, the, uh, the secret announcement is I'm trying really hard to not do those things with this book, not, not fall into any of the things that doesn't actually matter to me. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and you hit on something really key, what matters to you, right? And, and in my opinion, so you brought up and thank you very much. The Christmas novel, Miracle on Mall Drive, um, which honestly kind of just wouldn't, the voices in my head wouldn't shut up until I wrote it. So I was just like, fine, 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 characters. I will let you out of out of jail and I'll write it. Um, it. That book ha has been in me for a long time. But you actually um, uh, kind of hit on what what matters to you is really, and digging deep on that is really what's going to make that book. You talk about the heart of the story, right? The emotional kind of journey that's involved that aligns with mental health, self-care, share some thoughts on how you actually kind of help writers really dig deep to what is your story? What is it that, that should be coming out of you because it's begging you to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such, it's such an interesting question. And it's, it's the reason that I love the work of being a book coach is that, I don't know, I think we're sort of trained or we come as adults to, to find ourselves not really knowing what we want or not really knowing what matters to us. I think it's really, I think particularly for women, it's really easy to go through your life knowing, you know, this is what my partner wants, or this is what my children want, or this is what my mother wants, or this is what my neighbor wants, or, you know, we're really good at that. <laughs> um, but what do we want? And sometimes I think that can show up in all different kinds of ways. We might not know, um, you know, literally what we want to, how we want to dress ourselves. You know, we might, like, I'm constantly talking about how hard it is to dress oneself over 50. Like, how, how do I want to look in the world? How do I want to be in the world? Like, I think, I think that's a hard question to know, or even what do I want to eat? What tastes good to me? What makes me feel good? Um, what if I never have this thing ever again, just because it doesn't work for me. I think this is the work of a lifetime, really. So when we're talking about knowing what you want from your writing, I think it's just a piece of this much larger thing. And when people hit on what they really want to say, 
the the release that they feel and the joy that they feel and the um happiness that they feel is really profound and so the work that I do is to move them from vagueness like well I kind of want to sort of write this story or like you said the story's been bugging me or nagging me or um I've wanted to do this thing my whole life and they it's like okay what is that thing what is that story and usually they'll talk about the what's visible in a story, which is the plot. Well, this is what's going to happen. This is going to happen. This is the other thing that is going to happen. And the, the inside outline or inside outside dichotomy that you mentioned is the tool that I use to help them see that, okay, that's just the top level. That's just what we're seeing. That's just the visible part of this story, but it's not the story. The, the real story is why do you care? Why does this matter to you? What are you trying to convey? What do you want other people to feel when they read this story? What matters to you? And it's shocking to me how hard it is for people to define what matters to them or why they care about a story. And it takes, usually I'm pushing and digging and, and, you know, um, helping them see you're not there yet you can go deeper you can go further you know um i mean here's an example i'll i'll make this more concrete the book that we're talking about is for writers of fiction but it also really can apply to writers of memoir and writers of memoir will often come to their story because other people are telling them you should write this this is extraordinary you should write this in a book and so they sort of have this external motivator. And, and then they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, I want to write this story. And it's like, okay, why do you want to write it? And, and almost like clockwork, they'll say something like, well, I don't want other people to suffer the way that I suffered. I, I want them to feel uh, less alone in this thing that I went through. I mean, that's a great reason to write. That's a great motivation. It's a great place to start. But you can't write a book with that as the reason that somebody would care. You have to go deeper than that into, well, what might they feel if they feel less alone? Or what, you know, what exactly are you dispelling? Is it um, anger? Is it shame? Is it fear? Like what, you know, really getting down to the specific thing that you want to say in that story and why it matters to you and not just tossing off that top level um reason why usually those reasons that people give at the beginning are um oh what's the word i'm looking for they're like excuses for i i'm gonna do this because everybody tells me that it's gonna um it's gonna be helpful and i'm gonna do it because it's gonna help other people like that's a safe place to be right but it's probably not the real story. <laughs> the real story is you got something you want to say. And, you know, I was speaking to a client this morning on a nonfiction project, but in my mind, it's all the same. It's the same process. And the blueprint for nonfiction follows almost the identical process. And, and she was, she and I were talking about, um, why she wants to write this story and what she really wants to say. And she, in fact, is a therapist, therapist her own self and has a particular specialty. And 
you know, she was giving all those sort of easy top level answers. And it's like, but why do you care? Why are you going to spend all this time? Why, why, why? Right? Just, you know, trying to get down to it. And, um, and she finally did get down to the, the thing. And she, she was this very mild mannered person. And it was cool because then she got down to the thing, she got all fiery and like all up on her soapbox about it. And, you know, it was like, that's what we're looking for. That's what we want is that like deep belly knowing of why you want to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that feeling, and I felt it many, many times, that feeling is the power that's, that's writing from the heat, right? That's when it just kind of leaps onto the page, almost like writing itself. There are times I will admit, and I know, okay, this is going to sound super egotistical, but I know I'm not alone. There are times when I will read something that I have written and I'll be like, damn, that's good. Like after you like putting it in a drawer, I'll, I'll be like, damn, that's good. Like who, did I really write that? And I have to look back at my notes if I like what, but then there are times when I'll look at my stuff and I'll be like, oh girl, you got to go back to school. Cause that, <laughs> you need to talk to Jenny. Cause that's pretty bad. So it just, I mean, and no matter what level of writer you are, right. If you're just starting out or you're, you know, the JK Rowlings of the world that the, the emotions, the, the way of the writer is always the same. It just depends on degrees, right? The self-doubt, the, I love what I wrote. Oh, I should have done that. Right. I mean, right. It's, yeah. So, um, I, I wanted to bring up from what you said, another example. <laughs> so you said, you know, a lot of writers, um, you know, uh, that you help, you help them, with like that vagueness, right? And then we've talked about like finding your voice and and the reason, the why. When I was in, when you were starting out Author Accelerator, I was part of one of your very first, if not your first kind of beta groups um, when you were putting it together. And, uh, and I remember I had two different books. One was a very cheeky kind of business book um, that basically was, you know, um, about leadership. Let's just, let's just kindly put it that way. Um, and then the second book was about how I ended up with my house, which I call Blueberry Hill Cottage. And I don't know if you remember this. I, I was like, I really don't want to write, you know, another memoir kind of thing. Not now I want to write this other thing. You took us all through the exercises that became, uh, you know, part of your blueprint that you have now in Author Accelerator um, and in this book. And I remember <laughs> there came a point where, as I talked about it, and as you kept digging into the why, I remember you just almost like exploding and saying, and saying, but Paulina, that's, that's the story. Your, your house is about finding you and and when we came to like the title the blueberry hill cottage finding my way home had so many more meanings to it right but that's that's exactly what you help people do you it's not superficial it's not you know okay uh what is the market looking for now let me just write that right because if you don't have that heat if you don't have that power it's it's going to be flat anyway, right? Yeah, totally. And you, 
I mean, I remember actually that time, even though it was a while ago, I remember very well with you because you came in and, and then many people do this or a subset, I should say, with like, I have six books I want to write. And, you know, and, and I want to write them all now and I want to have them all done yesterday. And, you know, that sort of impatient, um, you know, so many projects and what's great that we're talking here today and you've done them like really different projects that you've brought into the world and all these really different genres like it's so cool to have watched you do that because back then it was just sort of like wow there's all this noise and I think I want to write all these things but I don't know what I want to say right Mm -hmm. and like the pain of that is is real for a writer where you know you're called to it or you know there's that this is something you should do and and I so what's interesting about your story was the leadership book that was like a really safe choice for you because that was your work and that was what you do in your career and was very kind of tangential to that or touching closely upon upon it and um and the other book was often left field like what does that have to do with anything that is not so when we talk about your why why do you care why does it matter to you and and claiming claiming that that was what you did was to say I'm not going to do this safe thing I'm going to do this thing that's really speaking to me and then the question was like well why is it speaking to you and what is it about it that so like right now I've been um working really hard on a book that I want to write about my very long experience with migraine. And I cannot figure out what I want to say. There's so many different ways that I could approach it. There's things I know I do not want to do and do not want to say. I keep, I keep buying books that are similar-ish to something I think I want to do. And then I, you know, in totally different topics and I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Like I cannot find my way to the why of this book. And, and I've been trying at various times to write this book for 20 years. It like, it rises and falls in terms of my interest. And uh, my mother died about uh, four months ago. And that really kind of made this topic rise up in me for a lot of different reasons. And, but I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't get to what I want it to be. And the reason I say it's painful is because I could write a book. I could kick a book out in six weeks. It would be, you know, for me, it would be very easy to do. I could put words on the page, right? Right, But in terms of like, what is this? And who is it for? And who's going to care? And why do I care? And what am I trying to say? And how does it fit? And where's the positioning? And those are the questions that if I don't answer, I'm going to just write something flat and and ineffectual. And that's what you were going to do with that leadership book at that time. Right. Yeah. And you were like, why waste your time? So we talked before about stopping before you write. If you don't, these are the questions. If you don't know the answer to these questions, don't start writing because you're not, I have found it is a very rare person who can write their way to the answer. You, you can do it. I've done it. It's just incredibly inefficient. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. right. 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 And I, I'm going to add to that. So um, 
those two books, both the leadership book and the Blueberry Hill Cottage Finding My Way Home book, um, they have not been done yet. And I say that because four other books have been done. And when it comes to you and your migraine book, I, I always think to myself, books, just like babies, they get to choose. I mean, if you believe this, you know, souls, et cetera, they get to choose when they want to come out. I mean, right. they really do. And I have known, because I also kind of work with people who want to write their stories. And one of the number one things that I get is not just, you know, I have all these books and et cetera, right. That I want to write, which I totally get, but you, you need to pick a horse and ride right. it right at, at right. some point. Right. But, um, but I also get this whole thing about like, I'll, I will ask the question. Okay. So what's it about? And I, I use a lot of, um, I, I had been in screenwriting for a very long time. And so I will use kind of that whole concept of the one sentence log line, which I know you also have that. And, yeah. and I always get the, well, it's about a lot of things, right. Which I do myself, right. Like, Oh my right. book is especially the more personal it is. So right. you have something that you, you put things in terms that even someone like me <laughs> can understand. And so where everybody's kind of talking about the theme and like all this stuff, you literally are like, well, what's the point, right? right. That's your, you know, what's, what's the point? And can you speak to how your program helps someone when they say, oh, it's about a lot of things, like find, like distill it to what is the point? Some of those like little steps or even just like a, here's the first thing to do or the second thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, what's, what's your point is for a novel. It's not a question that we typically ask. We typically ask what's the plot, what, what's going to happen in this book, you know, and what's it about? Oh, it's about this person and they, um, you know, whatever their story is. And, and then they're just giving us the shape of that, the, the story, the plot level of it. And I want to know, well, what, point is this novel going to make what am I going to walk away feeling or believing or knowing about the world you know what if if you so this is a question I love to ask writers um pretend that your book is out in the world and you are going to be on you know pick your venue uh Oprah's Super Soul Sunday or the Today Show or you know whatever the thing is what are you talking about? So that's, that's kind of what the point is too. You're not talking about, well, there's this surfer and they fall in love with this girl. And, you know, you're not talking about the plot. If you're on, if you're on stage, you're talking about what it's about, what, what this novel is trying to make you feel or believe or experience. And knowing that, so people sometimes get frustrated with me and they're like, I can't possibly know that before I start to write and I write to find out. And that is totally true. That is what we do. But the way I describe it is you imagine a bullseye. You got to at least know what the, what the target is. You might not be able to hit the center bullseye, but what's the general idea that you're trying to convey here in telling us the story? What, again, what do you want us to to feel or to take away and and this is really true it doesn't matter what what the genre is or what the story is you know you've got to know the writer has to know or you're not going to 
take the reader on, not going to take them anywhere. So mm -hmm. when we talk about just flat uh, or ineffectual, it's, that's what I mean. It just sort of sits there and doesn't transport, you know, yes, yes. the, the reader. And uh, we don't want that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Agree. Agree. And um, something else too, you talked about, you know, where you want to take the reader, right? <clears throat> and one of the things that is a, has been a struggle for me in writing. It's also been a struggle for me, for the people that I coach in the resilient and empowerment kind of coaching is really this concept of time. And the reason I bring it up is because, you know, you're, you're writing a book, you are wanting to take people from one point to another, right? Hopefully a madness to magic or trials to triumph, whatever you want to call it, right? But we ourselves get so stuck in, in where we are in time, the judgment that comes with it. So you're writing a book because you went through something, right? And, and your why is, is this passionate kind of um, concept and you want to take them there. But when you are in the process of writing it, you're sitting here where you learned a whole bunch of new stuff, right? And you evolved and maybe you're writing about things and, and suddenly you are judging yourself. Suddenly you're like, oh man, I should have done that differently. Oh man, I should have done. Can you speak a bit to how that kind of is, is taught in your classes regarding self-doubt, judgment, the time kind of issue? Yeah. So this is what's so weird about a book as a, an object in the world. <laughs> it takes a pretty long time to write a book and to bring a book out into the world. And, and it lives in the world. The way we think of it is that it lives in the world forever. So that's why a lot of people get nervous or they fall into perfectionism and they never finish or they're worried about sending it out to a contest or an agent or whatever, because they're worried about being judged. Those are all very real things. But a book, like if we compare it to a work of art that happens in a moment in time. So I'm thinking about a dance that happens on a stage or a musical performance that's, it happens in that moment. And you're either there watching or experiencing or listening to it or you're not and maybe there's a recording but it's not the same thing right it's I was there I was there in that moment when that performance happened it's it's a moment in time and a book is not dissimilar from that at all so it a book also is a moment in time you know I wrote a book about um getting married when I was 25 years old and <laughs> right and like I was just a baby and I look at that book now and it actually makes my blood curdle it's so <laughs> horrible and um my oldest daughter recently got married and she's like oh I think I'm gonna read that book of yours and I was like oh no <laughs> this is terrible but I had a reframing experience around that book. And I thought, well, I wrote that book at a moment in time. Yes, it took me many months and, you know, it took a year for it to become a book and all those things, but it was a moment in time. And 
it was the first stepping stone to my becoming who I am as a professional, you know, in my career. So I have a great affinity for that book, even though it makes me cringe, right? right. And and so I think that idea of realizing, you know, balancing the reality that a book is going to live forever. It could sit on the shelf forever. Somebody could pick it up when you're dead and gone. And this is what they're going to think of you or what you thought, or, you know, it, it's quite permanent, but at the same time, it's part of a flow and, and it's that moment in time that it represents. That's what I made at that moment in time. And at this next moment in time, I might make, make something different. And, mm-hmm. um, I think about this a lot because we often hold politicians to this very strict thing. Like, well, you said 25 years ago, you would never do X. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, okay, I don't know. It's just this, this thing, no. like we're, we're allowed to get better. <laughs> yes. No, no. According, according to often there, there's this concept that you are, you are not allowed to evolve. Like you, I, you know, we are in this journey of life to learn and to hopefully get better. Right. So it's, it's interesting because um, when you're talking about books and things, well, I uh, wrote a piece, just a, a piece for um, the daily muse and uh, it was on careers and stuff. And gosh, I don't even know when it was that maybe 10 years ago. And the whole piece had to do with, um, leadership and an executive female, um, getting a seat at the table, how, how you can get what you want, right. In a room full of men. I mean, let me just say it. Right. Right. And I wrote the piece with the way at that time things were and male executives versus female executives, how, how, how people who were male were given more latitude to, you know, pound their fist and they were, you know, on the table and they were very, um, you know, strong and forceful. And yet you may have done the same thing and you're emotional and you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. Well, (laughs) that piece was written with my workarounds to get what you want without offending anybody, but the way you are. And, um, and people, for some reason started finding it now and contacting me in almost a um, bit of a shame on you that you would even think you have to work around a male. And, and again, that was, that was my experience at that time. That was the way things were right. We're talking like a decade ago. So I, I totally hear you. And, and again, this this not only plays into writing pieces, but it plays into your your own journey, your own mental health, your self-care. I love the quote from Maya Angelou that says, you know, we did what we knew how to do then. Now we know better, so we do better, right? I mean, it's a pretty simple concept, but um, but anyway, okay. So we just have a couple more questions. Um, if that's okay with you. Of course. Uh, so a line that you had in uh, your book, and your book is split into three parts, right? Um, and this came from the part that was about, oh, it was the third part. And I apologize because I did not write down what it was. 
Um, oh, I have no idea. You could tell me anything. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, like, I'll okay. just make something up. And you said Paulina <laughs> Milana is the greatest person. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so here was the line. You said in the third part of your book, we read stories to watch someone else make meaning of the things that happen to them, right? And I, that, that so hits home for me because one, I mean, obviously every one of my books, regardless of genre, you know, there's the, the picture book for adults. There's the Christmas book, right? There's the memoirs, every single genre. It's pieces of me. It's right. It's, it's the things that I am going through and giving them meaning from the inside out. Exactly. So can you talk to us a little bit about this line that you said and kind of like the writer therapy perspective? Yeah. So what, what I mean by that, the difference, something that is not that would be if you're writing in a journal, you're trying to sort things out for your own self and you're trying to understand the way you think and the way your mind works and you know, there's a purpose to that journal that is, that is powerful and, and effective for you as a person. But if you just give that journal to somebody else, it, it's not going to resonate most of the time, right? It, there's, there's whole pieces that are missing or context that's, that's missing. When we read a really well-crafted memoir or novel, what, that's what we're looking for is somebody we want to see them making meaning of their lives, but in a way that we can experience a way that lets us in that, that we can, um, we can be in their skin or seeing through their eyes. And if that meaning making isn't happening, we're not going to keep reading, you know, there's no reason to, to keep, to keep reading that story. And this is actually, I'm experiencing this right now as a, a reader. My daughter, uh, we, we this summer read a lot of what I would call sort of lighthearted books, kind of rom-com type of books. And we would pass them back and forth to each other. We should read this or read that. And they, you know, it's just a great thing to do in the summer at the end of the pandemic, this sort of light reading. And she recommended this book to me, um, and I'm blanking on both the name and the author. <laughs> um, but it was, um, it's a book about a romance, no, a, a, a murder mystery writer who accidentally starts killing people for real. <laughs> right? So it's this super sort of bizarre um, thing, this sort of silly, silly setup. And and so I'm reading this, this book that my daughter said, oh, it's so clever. It's so fun. It's so great. It's so meta, right? It's, it's like, she's going from pretending to do this stuff to actually doing this stuff. And I just am not feeling it. Like I just am not getting it. And I am reading this and it, this is probably saying a lot about my own self. It's, um, I find it scary. I, I don't like to read horror and I don't like thrillers or suspense because I get so freaked out and I'm finding myself freaked out by this. And I said something to my daughter and she's like, what are you talking about? It's just silly. It's like just this silly. And it's like, I, I don't, I'm not getting that, 
vibe from it. Like it feels too real to me. It feels, I don't like the meaning making in other words, I don't know why I'm reading this. I don't know. It feels like it's just a scenario and the scenario is scary to me. You know, like I was, um, I slept super badly last night because I was up late reading and, you know, they're burying this body and they were doing it in this, doing it in this way that was sort of light. Like we're supposed to not really think this is weird or bad. And I was like, this is terrible, you know? And, and like, so it's the, I'm missing the, the why should I care? Why should I care about this? even silly situation, it's not holding together for me. So Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to keep reading this book. Mm -hmm. And that's what we don't want (laughs) Um, as writers is for, I mean, of course, there are going to be some people who don't get what you're doing, but Mm -hmm. we, we, we read to watch meaning being made. So even in this scenario, there could be a lot of meaning made in that, Mm -hmm. right? There could be a lot to say about the stories we make up in our heads impact us just as much as the things we do in real life. I just made that up. Like (laughs) that would be great. Right. And, but that's not what this, what this story is. So it, Mm -hmm. I find myself lost and I, and I don't care. So Mm -hmm. even in, doesn't have to be Victor Frankl kind of making meaning (laughs) out of things. I mean, it could be, but um, you know, even, something light needs to have that, you know, why am I watching you wrestle with this? What am I going to, um, what am I going to watch you learn or come to that? That's what we want to know. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I wonder, you know, a couple of thoughts on that. Is it just maybe that, um, well, not even maybe you, you may, well, I'm, I'm going to keep saying maybe, you maybe not the, the target audience for that book, right? I mean, obviously right. something, something clicked with your daughter, right? Right. So, right. so it is, you know, I, and I want to make sure I put this out there because um, for goodness sakes, if you're going to write anything, if you're actually going to do anything in life, not just writing, but like breathe, right? You're going to have people who love you. And you're yeah. going to have peop- the social trolls, especially, right? Who say, say things. The best line that anybody ever said to me in my life, hands down, was the only taste you have is in your mouth. Now, I could get pretty ticked off of <laughs> with that, but I thought it was such a gorgeous line. It's going to end up somewhere in one of my books. One day it is because the truth is everybody has an opinion. Everybody, especially today, right? Everybody has an opinion. And what really matters is one, that you do find your voice and you tell your story the way you want to tell it, right? In, in, in a smart way by using like your program, right? But, but I, I think too, when, when we write or when we actually have something even to say, it's super important that we realize it will hit home with the right audience. Totally. Not, right? Um, somebody was even, I, I saw this of all things on social media, here we go again. But I saw something about um, a man who was giving a gift to his daughter uh, on graduation. And it was a car. 
and I don't know if you saw this, but he kind of unveils the garage and the car looks like it's been through hell and back and hell and back and hell and back like six times, right? It's terrible. And, and you're thinking to yourself, what the heck? And, and the daughter says, what am I supposed to do? And he goes, I want you to go to three different places to get a quote, because whatever someone will pay you for that car is what I will give you. And so she's like, what? I don't understand. So she first went to, I don't know, some, some junkyard kind of thing. And they were like, well, we'll give you a 50 bucks. Right. And so then she went to, um, I think some dealership or something. And they said, at most we'd give you a thousand dollars, whatever. And then the father had her go to a collector's show and they offered her something like, I don't know, $300,000. And the father was trying to make the point that people, you, you stick with those who know the value of what you have and who you are, right? And your story. So, so anyway, I told you, I go on tangents on this. Thing I love so it. Long. That's a great yeah. story. Isn't that a great story? I thought so too. I think about it every time someone says something to me about, I mean, and we talked, my last book, Committed, right? A memoir of madness in the family. So many people actually wrote letters and emails and I, I, they, they meant the world to me. And then some social trolls, again, you get the, you know, your family should be at DCFS, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, one last question, and then we will wrap up because we're coming up on the hour. Um, if you were to choose, you know, two, three things, takeaways for our listening audience, what would it be? I feel like we didn't talk about what we were supposed to talk about at all. <laughs> what? Oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, like are your listeners who are coming for lessons and learnings and understandings of mental health going to be like, why do we talk about books the whole time? So I feel like I should bring it around. I should bring it around. And so <laughs> the takeaway I, I would, I would put together one takeaway would be um, if you were telling the story of your own life to your own self, and that's about mental health and understanding your own mind and your own brain and your own experience, lived experience in the world, if that's the story you're telling, knowing, you know, raising your voice and claiming your power and all of that is just the same as what we've been talking about. I think the process can actually be just the same of, yes of being brave and, and going from vague to clear and knowing why you want to uh, be authentically yourself in the world, all of those things really are the same. So I think a takeaway for, um, for folks listening who are not interested in being a writer, that this process is, is very much the same because we're creating our own, our own lives, our own stories all the time. And then I would say for, for writers, it would be the point that you made so well, which is stop and ask some hard questions before you just write. And that's going to save you a lot of time. <laughs> and, um, super easy, but it, it, how many people don't do it, right? Most, so, most, most, right. Yeah. And I can send people to my website, which is jennynash.com backslash blueprint. And there are some um, resources there. There's a, um, a download of the inside outline, which is the tool at the heart of the blueprint that um, folks can download and, 
um, some questions to ask yourself about about the story there and some things around the the book so they can check that out yeah absolutely and we will I will drop that on the um, on the podcast page for everyone but um but this has been awesome Jenny I have loved talking with you and um and and when you say you know oh my gosh we haven't talked about like the mental health stuff I think you <laughs> you wrapped it up quite nicely I will also say that the program that I do when it comes to the empowerment and resilient, I actually use storytelling elements to actually help people kind of work their way through it. So to me, it just totally aligns. Um, I love there's it. Way. Yeah, love it too. So, um, okay. So anything, any final words, any, any, anything? Oh, just thank you for having me. And um, just from a personal perspective, it's it's been so fun to watch you on your journey of becoming the writer I always knew you were going to be. So that's been a thrill for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you, I'm totally like, I knew her when and now, <laughs> and now I'm just lucky that she's still taking my call. How's that? Oh <laughs> I shall always take your call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and until we meet again. All right. All right. Bye. September 1, that's when your book comes out, right? Yes. September 1, blueprint for a book, build your novel from the inside out. Honestly, whether you are a writer or whether you really just kind of want to hone in on writing therapy kind of elements, get this book. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. We will talk on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Madness to Magic and my podcast, I'm with Crazy, a love story. I believe we're all here for a purpose. I know this is part of mine. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit or who might have a story of their own to share. You can also visit me at madnesstomagic.com or paulinamilanawrites.com. Check out more of my stories, including info on my latest books. Hope to hear from you and to join forces with what I consider a unique caregiver tribe as we all learn to embrace all of ourselves, to have compassion for others, and to come into our full power by the grace that is madness to magic. Until we meet again, I leave you with one of my favorite mantras, be bold and mighty forces shall come to your aid.